Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. While they were listening to this, He went on to tell them a parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king, and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minus. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his servants hated him, and sent a delegation after him to say, We don't want this man to be our king. He was made a king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you're a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man? taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then did you not put back my money on deposit, so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, Take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing... Even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it, 
Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as they had been told. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer. But you've made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple. But the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all of the people hung on his words. This very powerful chapter begins with the story of Zacchaeus, the very short and rich tax collector. He had wanted to see Jesus for some time, and Jesus was approaching So he couldn't see over the crowd, and he climbed up a tree to be able to see Jesus. And surprisingly, Jesus, when he reached the tree, looked up and saw Zacchaeus and said, Come down immediately, I must stay at your house. And so all the people were offended that he would go to the home of Zacchaeus, this well-known, wealthy tax collector. But Jesus went to his house, and Zacchaeus' attitude when Jesus was in his home was one of repentance. He um, said he would give half of his possessions to the poor, and if he had cheated anybody, he would make restitution. And Jesus responded and said, Today salvation has come to this house. And then verse 10, now this is a verse we need to focus on. Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Friends, that's what Jesus came for, to restore fallen mankind to a place of right relationship with God Almighty. And so this Zacchaeus had fallen into sinful ways, cheating people and focusing on his own needs and not on the needs of others, focusing on himself and not on heaven. And Jesus was able to restore him to a godly relationship with the Father. And he said, that's why I came. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So Jesus came to seek and to save me. He came to seek and to save you. He came to seek and to save all the lost. We shouldn't scorn or or ridicule those who don't know Jesus because he came for them. He died for them. He lives now forever for them. We should have the same attitude toward the lost that Jesus did. We should extend them mercy and grace. And so the context of this chapter is Jesus' final journey to Jerusalem. Verse 11 said he was close to entering into Jerusalem, and uh, verse 28 says he headed straight for Jerusalem. So in this context of his final journey to Jerusalem, where he was about to be crucified, he told a parable of a prince and his servants. In verse 12, he said, 
A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. And so this man of noble birth is Jesus, and he's going to be appointed king of heaven, and he's going to return. And he turns over his money to his servants, and uh, then he, he returns, and he wants an account of what his servants have done. And so in verse 16, the first one comes and says, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. And the king replies, Well done, my good servant. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. Now, who is this servant? He is a believer who has been given ten abilities in this earth to earn a return for the master, to earn friends and family for the king. And so this servant was faithful in the days of his flesh, and he was able to bring the master a good return, not in money, but in souls and in people with allegiance to the king, to Jesus. He operated as a steward in the days of his life and was able to bring his master a good return. So what was the master's response? Receive ten cities. Now, is this talking about here on earth, friends, or is this talking about something in heaven? I don't know of anyone who received ten cities as a result of being a faithful follower of Christ on earth. But this is speaking about what comes next. This is speaking about being faithful on earth and therefore being trustworthy for true riches in eternity. And so these 10 cities, the Lord uses an illustration that we can relate to. None of us have seen what comes next in eternity, but we've all seen 10 cities. And the magnitude of responsibility from $10, shall we say, that he he made good on the returning 10 more dollars, and now he's getting 10 cities. The Lord is saying no matter how you live your life, the, the way that you live your life as a steward of the things of God will be qualifying you for what comes next. And so this guy was faithful with $10, we'll say, and he received 10 cities. And a second one came and said, your $5 has earned five more. And his master answered, you take charge of five cities. Once again, this is about things in heaven. And then a final guy came and he just returned the $1 he was entrusted with, with no interest and no, um, uh, no extra. And so the king was offended with him and took the one that he had and gave it to the guy who had been fruitful. So here, this whole parable is Jesus, the king's son, is going to go away. He's going to turn over this world to his servants. That's me and you, friends. The world has been turned over to the servants of Christ. And one servant returned 10 times his investment. One returned five times his investment. And these were both given 10 cities and five cities, respectively, as rewards in eternity. But the one who thought his master was unfair and brought no return on his master's investment in his life, Jesus rejected that guy and turned over the things he had been entrusted with to the guy who had been faithful. So it goes on to say in verse 27, But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Now in saying this, Jesus is explaining anybody who rejects him as king will perish. That what we do in this life for him is stewardship, and we're being tested for our trustworthiness for what comes next. Those who are faithful with what they've been entrusted with here will be given much responsibility in the life to come. Lord, I pray that we would be faithful stewards. We would recognize that we're not owners of anything. Lord, we're not giving you a percentage of what we own. Lord, As believers, we're your servants, and you own everything, including our next breath. We submit to you willingly, and we ask you, Lord, for an anointing and for grace to be good stewards of everything that comes our way. Lord, may we be good stewards of our education. 
May we be good stewards of our finances. May we be good stewards of our circle of influences. Lord, may we be good stewards of our time. Yes, Lord, may we be good stewards of how we give to the work of your kingdom in every respect in our lives. Lord, may we be counted as faithful servants and be given tremendous responsibility in the world to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.